Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Is it coming a day that your money is going to be as good as Monopoly money? You're going to put all the games back in the box. Life is over with, it's finished. In that moment, how we've lived and what we've done, we take with us into eternity. The currency in this world doesn't work in heaven. It only works here. And we have the opportunity in this life to give, to serve. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and Have you considered the fact that all of your money and material possessions will one day be gone? They do not go with you to heaven. Today, Pastor Ed speaks on what it means as Christians to be good stewards of the finances God has blessed us with. Do you want to look back on your life someday and be disappointed with the efforts that you made financially to impact those in need? Or do you want to be able to proudly step into heaven, knowing that the resources the Lord gave you were used well for His kingdom? Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Stewardship. about this? Listen, I'm going to give you a 20% discount here. Let's make it 800 bushels of wheat. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, no, this is legit, yeah, that, that, that's, that's all right. Yeah, I know you appreciate me. Yeah, I know that. Okay. And listen, we'll be in touch. All right. And on and on and on and on it goes. Here's this man who was a steward. His responsibility was to invest his master's resources wisely and carefully and do the best possible job he could. Then he hears, the master hears, that it's being allocated wrongfully. And so he calls him to give an account. Now he gives him a pink slip and he says, get the books in order. So in this window of time, he begins to try and build relationships so that when he's out of the job, he has people to receive him. Now, the amounts mentioned in the parable here are large amounts. Uh, The oil could have been five or six years. The uh, or longer than that, commentaries differ, uh, of an average man's wages. So it's likely that Jesus was referring to some master who rented out land, and the land was used for produce, to produce uh, wheat, to produce olive trees or olive oil. And so he was giving an account, and he was calling in the bills, but what he was doing, the manager was slashing the prices to build a relationship with those people that one day would receive him. In the story, he's commended. He's commended. Why in the world is he commended? Well, I want you, first of all, to think about the role of a steward. The role of a steward. In 1 
Peter 4.10, it says, And each one has received a gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God has given you gifts. Some can sing, some can write, some can manage, some can witness, some can give financially, but we all have different gifts. But those gifts are given to us by God. The role of a steward is to recognize what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to manage what God has given him. Everything we have is from God. And that's what Jesus wants us to see in this parable. Now, he's not commended for the way he managed things. Not at all. That's not the commendation that he's receiving because he didn't manage well. But in 1 Chronicles 29, 14, it says this. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We must remember everything we have belongs to God. Literally, it does. Everything. David recognized that God gave him the wealth that he had. God gave him the possessions that he have, has. Your money in the piggy bank or in the IRA, your equity in the house, or the stocks you may own. All are a gift from God. The talents that you have, the abilities, the skills, the business that you have, it's all, well, it's all God's. Wayne Watts wrote a book about giving, and in his book, he talked about a man who one day woke up rich He had investments in oil stock and they hit a gusher and literally he doubled in wealth in a matter of a day. And uh, a Christian asked him, what is it like to suddenly have all of your assets changed and everything? And this was this man's response, this Christian man. My assets haven't changed. I didn't own the first money, so I own the same amount now as before, which is zero. I feel added responsibility to God to manage this asset well. God gave you everything that you have. The fact that you're living in this land, the fact that you're working at the job that you're working at, the fact the skill that you have to earn the living that you have, everything is a gift from God. How do we use it? Possessions are a responsibility. Their use is a test of character, values, and stewardship. Sometimes parents will test children. They'll leave money around the house and see what they do. What happens when you go in the store and they give you too much change? What happens when God gives you a financial blessing? What do you do? Do you take the motto of the culture, indulge yourself, it's mine? Or do you recognize that God has lent you these things temporarily? The parable calls us to use wealth to gain the future rather than allowing money to be a reason that one loses it. And people can lose the present and lose the future. 
because they take the things of this world and they make it into an idol and they begin to worship it. God calls us not to a life of self-indulgence, but to a life of good stewardship. The role of the steward is simply to remember everything he has is a gift from God. Secondly, he has to remember something else. As he thinks about this role, we must remember we'll give an account to God. In Luke 16.2, it reads, and he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you cannot, you can no longer be steward. One day, God's going to open the books. He's going to look at our stewardship, and he's going to evaluate things. How did you use this gift that I've given you? How did you use the resources that I've allotted to you? We have to ask ourselves again and again, Lord, how am I living? Am I living in a way that's pleasing to you? Self-examination is important as Christians, where we examine our heart, examine our lives, search our hearts, and we go before God and we say, Lord, am I using what you've given in the right way? In Romans 14, 12, it says this. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Think about that. Every single person in this room, every single person in the sound of my voice, we will give a personal account to God. A good thing to ask is, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus want me to use the resources that I have? How would he want me to use my time, my talents, my treasures? In 1 Timothy 6.10, it says this, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. People pursue things, run after things, to the neglect of their spiritual life. Read about a man that he, he looked at his marriage, his marriage failed and fell apart. And he was talking to the pastor and he said, I should have realized what was coming. If I had looked at our checkbook, I would have realized what was happening. Because all of our spending over this past six months, and even over a year, he said, has been on self, on indulgences on just pleasures. God is out of the picture. Is God in the picture? Is he right there in how we spend, how we live, and what we do? The responsibility of stewardship. We looked at the role of stewardship. The role is to recognize that we're gonna give an account to God and to remember everything we have is from God. We have that Role to say, all right, everything I have belongs to the Lord. Everything that God has given to me, I will have to give account for in that last day. The responsibility of stewardship, the responsibility. Faithful in our stewardship. In 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it reads, 
Moreover, it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? Well, Jesus realized that possessions can dislodge God from first place in our lives. That possessions can push God out of the center to the circumference if we allow them to. In the scripture, we're told in verse 13, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or love the other. He will either be devoted to one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, this is from the lips of Jesus. These are from the, these are the words of Jesus. You can't serve God and serve money. You'll be pulled apart. You'll wind up hating one, being devoted to one, You'll wind up neglecting one and giving your life to the other. It's an impossibility for anyone to love God and to love money. You just can't do it. Jesus said, it's impossible. Money possessions have a way of pushing God right out of our lives. You can't have a divided heart. It's virtually impossible to serve both God and money. Faithfulness is always a life filled with faith. I want to read to you from Mother Teresa. She says, I always explain to the sisters, it is Christ you tend in the poor. It is his wounds you bathe, his sores you clean, his limbs you bandage, See beyond appearances. Hear the words Jesus pronounced long ago. They are still operative today. What you do to the least of mine, you do to me. When you serve the poor, you serve our Lord Jesus Christ. What would Jesus do if he had your resources? What would Jesus do if he had your life? How would Jesus live and spend your life, your resources, all the things that you have? What the Pharisees did was they interpreted God's favor with financial blessing. That's not always the case. They interpreted God's favor by looking at a person's pocketbook or checkbook or what they had. Listen to what Jesus says in verses 14 and 15. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. What's highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. There has to be a wisdom to our stewardship. In verse 8, not only a faithfulness, we have to be faithful. It's required that stewards be found faithful. And ask yourself this question. Has your spending brought you closer to God or further? Has your spending brought you closer to God or further from God? How has it affected you spiritually? It will affect you spiritually. What you do with your resources has an incredible impact on your spiritual life. 
There's a wisdom in our stewardship that we need. In verse 8, the master commended the dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. Now, what does the word shrewd in this context mean? It means keen, artful, astute, innovative. Keen, artful, astute. We have a negative connotation when we hear the word shrewd. That's not the way the biblical text meant the word to be interpreted. Most every time it's interpreted in the New Testament, it's interpreted in other places as wise. This man realized that his money won't last forever. That one day it would be gone. It would be over with. And he realized, okay, how can I endear people? How can I have a place afterwards where I'll get some money or resources? And he began to think, and he came up with that plan. He said, I'm going to cut the prices. I'll endear them to me. And if they say anything to the manager, well, the manager's not going to like that, and that'll put them in trouble. And so he, he began to think about all ends, and he said, all right, I'll cut the prices, and, and that'll create a favorable situation for me. What he did was he indebted people to himself. Sometimes I think Christians don't use wisdom at all. We don't. Jesus is commending the wise use of a crisis. The wise use of a difficult situation. Christians raise forms to the level of Scripture, methods to the level of Scripture. Well, we always did it this way. Do you know there was a time that the organ was not allowed in the church? Zwingli, one of the great reformers, a musician, didn't believe music should be in the church organs that were and and other musical instruments and whatever else they had back then but there were times where they felt it was worldly to have an organ in the church now it's a crime not to have an organ in the church there was a time that it was wrong to sing hymns in the church because they felt it was worldly they used to sing the psalms and the scriptures and they felt like why bring hymns into the church Uh, There was a time, all sorts of things that we accept today and consider rather normal. Some of those things weren't accepted as normal. You you think about things that people sometimes count as sacred that aren't sacred at all. The style of music, uh, uh, the things that we sometimes do. We have to be wise, understand our times, understand how to reach souls, understand how to reach the lost. Uh, It's been said, a steward is a proxy for the master or owner. Faithful stewardship is an act not only of responsibility, but also authority and accountability. A steward is a proxy. He represents the master. In your individual lives, in the corporate life of our church, in the way we live out our lives, we are, in a sense, his representatives. 
You know, actors spend hours and hours and hours to get down a role. They study the character, uh, they study all the background, and they get in character, and they, they endeavor to become that person on film or on stage. Well, we're called to be saints. We're called to look like Jesus, to act like Jesus, and to live like Jesus. How much time and effort and work do we put into becoming like our master? We need to. Finally and last, the rewards of a stewardship. I tell you, use worldly weight, wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it's gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. I love that passage of scripture. It reminds me in some ways of uh, Oscar Schindler and Schindler's List. Remember the movie that they had? How he first started off just trying to make money off of these Jewish people who were being persecuted, but suddenly he began to change in his heart, especially when he saw a young child in a red coat uh, being executed. And Schindler at that moment began to change inside. And then he began to take his profit to protect, to preserve the people that were under his care. And at the very end of the movie, you know, you see him driving off in the car. He said, oh, if I only could have bought one more, helped one more, done one more thing. If only could have used this piece of gold here to buy someone else's freedom and protection. Well... Jesus said, use what God the Father has given you. Use what he has given you to make friends in eternity. Someday, it's all going to be over. Death is going to come and sweep over our lives, but it won't be bad because when we get to the other side, there'll be someone in heaven saying, thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm a soul that was saved because you willingly served and gave of yourself. Uh, there'll be people that come to us that we hadn't known. You supported that missionary and you gave. And I found Christ through his witness. Well, you, as a songwriter said, taught my Sunday school class. Uh, you were willing to go on that missions trip. Thank you. Because of what you have done, I heard. As we think about Jesus' story of the manager, Jesus commended not his dishonesty, but he recognized that his money wouldn't last forever. There's coming a day that your money is going to be as good as Monopoly money. You're going to put all the games back in the box. Life is over with, it's finished. In that moment, how we've lived and what we've done, we take with us into eternity. The currency in this world doesn't work in heaven. It only works here. And we have the opportunity in this life to give, to serve. You know, it, it's not all about money. It's about giving our lives, giving ourselves, our resources, 
It's about living for the most important thing in life, God. The Gospels are Grand Central Station for learning about Jesus, which is the single most important part of our lives as Christians. Please join us each day as Pastor Ed teaches through the Gospel of Luke. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith.